my bunch straight here. But on July 16th, we started this series here. And actually, we started in the book of Joshua. And you say, Pastor, you haven't read a lot in Joshua. No, I haven't. But we took our theme from the book of Joshua. And we read in there where Joshua, just a brief review this morning, how Joshua succeeded Moses. God had given everything. Everybody say everything. God had already given the children of Israel everything that they needed to be a success. How many of you believe that? Not one thing did God leave out that wouldn't cause Israel to be a success. And you know, folks, in our word today that we hear preached to us, there's not one thing that God has left out to prevent you from being a success. Not one thing did he leave out. Not one thing did he leave out in his word to cause you to fall. Not one thing did he ever put in his word to cause you to not receive what God has already, say already. 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 See, Jesus has already come on the cross of Calvary. He's already died for our sins. Jesus is not coming again the second time. Amen. To hang on the cross again. What he did the first time was good enough. What God spoke to Israel, the first time he spoke to Israel, before they went into the promised land, was enough. God isn't going to go back and speak to Israel again. He already did that. The point I want to make is God has already given you and I everything we need to be a success in this world. Regardless of whatever it is you face, whatever it is you go through, only one thing caused Israel to fail is they were disobedient. They were disobedient to what God told them to do. And you and I as believers, if we'll look at our own life and we'll go back At the decisions that we made. If those decisions that we made were not based on what God has already said or what he would do for us, we probably had a problem. But it wasn't because God hasn't already promised us or given us what we've needed, has it? No. I mean, if we were to look at some things in my life, I would only have one alternative answer. The reason things haven't worked out in my life is I haven't exactly done what God told me to do. His way. Have you found out the older you get in the Lord that you don't always get things your way? It's always his way. I'm 73 and I'm still learning that it's not my way. It's always the right way. It's not my ideas are always the best ideas. Even though I have ideas. The ideas that you might have may not be the best ideas. But you know what? God always has the best plan. And his plan is 
is for you to exceed. Can you say succeed? Amen? Before I do get into the word, actually our first scripture we're going to is 1 Peter 1.18. So if you can go ahead and turn to that, that was the last scripture we looked at last Sunday. But I, I just want to read a few of these this morning. Uh, they're called biblical I am's. And you know, folks, there's just some things that we are because of what he said. Amen. We are a child of God. In other words, I am a child of God. Romans 8, 16. Amen. Don't let the devil tell you that you're not because you are. When tr- <laughs> I love that. I am. Don't, don't let him tell you you can't because you can. I am redeemed from the hand of the enemy. Psalms 107, verse 2. I have been redeemed. There was a great price that was paid for me and paid for you. I am the redeemed. I am forgiven. Amen. Don't let the devil invade the privacy of your mind rent free, putting lies in there that you are nobody. Yes, you are. You are forgiven, Colossians 1, verse 13 and verse 14. You are saved by the great, by grace through faith, Ephesians 2, 8. You are. I am saved. Amen. I'm justified, Romans 5, 1. I'm sanctified. I'm set apart, 1 Corinthians 6, verse 11. I'm a new creature. You are a brand new creature, 2 Corinthians 5, 17. See, we're not just saying these things to be saying them. We are these things because he said we were. Grabbing a hold of the realities of who you are in Christ will cause the word of God to jump off his pages and into your life. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Well, let's look over here. Again, 1 Peter 1, 18. Let me get over there. Hallelujah. First Peter chapter one. Amen. I'll get over there. Hallelujah. First Peter one verse eighteen. Hallelujah. Verse 18 says, 1 Peter 1, 18 through 20. For as much as you know that you were not redeemed with corruptible things. God paid a great price for you. Jesus was not corruptible. He was incorruptible. The only way he could buy you back was to be bigger and better than what sold you out. For as much as you know that you were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversations received by tradition from your fathers, but with the what? Precious blood. Everybody say the blood. But we were redeemed, this is what he's saying here in verse 19, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb, without blemish and without spot. Amen. No blemish, no spot. Jesus had what it took to come down to earth and change the way the adversary had made you to believe. 
Glory to God. I said, glory to God. But with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb, without blemish and without spot, who verily what was foreordained when? Before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you. Glory to God. When was all of this established? We went over that these last few weeks. Before the foundation of the world. God had a plan before the foundation of the world was ever laid. Hallelujah. Can you say amen? When we received Jesus, we were placed in Christ. Because we are now in Christ, these blessings, everybody say blessings. These blessings have became ours. How? When we accepted Jesus Christ as our personal Savior. Everything that we will ever need from the time we were born again throughout eternity was, everybody say was, was provided for us in Christ before the foundation of the world. It was in Christ and when he came, he brought it to you. When he died on the cross, he gave it to you. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm glad to know that Jesus said he would not withhold any good thing from us. That's why he just gave everything he had. He said, here, everything I am, you have. It's yours. I know that's hard to fathom. That's hard to believe. That everything Jesus brought with him from heaven, he gave to us when he died on the cross of Calvary. Glory to God. Let me say that to you again. Everything that we will ever need from the time we were born again throughout eternity was provided for us in Christ before the foundation of the world. Now go back over here to Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1. Now this is what we've been teaching off of right here in Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1. I'm going to feed feed. I'm going to read <laughs> Ephesians 1 through 5 to you this morning. But I want to read it to you out of a different little translation and I believe it's going to be a blessing to you. You know, how many of you know it's okay to to read some other translations if you know that it's lining up with what God is saying? Not all the translations out there are as good as some. Now, I always preach out of and mostly teach out of the King James. I heard a guy tell us one time while we were in Bible school, he said, everybody in here, who's got a King James Bible? About one third of the class raised their hands. Okay, how many has another translation in the class? About two thirds of the hands went up. And he said, okay, you two-thirds that don't have a King James, you can be dismissed. He said, because you're being taught wrong. Now it was a joke. He said, because I'm going to be teaching out of the King James. As your pastor, I encourage you to find a translation that helps you understand more clearly what God is saying. A lot of people will go to the Amplified. Amplified's a great translation to use to, to help you understand. And they just come out with another one now called the Amplified Classic, which I believe is even better. So whatever it is, along with the help of the Holy Spirit, 
and you want to understand the things of God, then you get into it. Go get you something that you can understand. Amen? Yeah. Amen. I know uh, a lot of times people, people have asked me, uh, Pastor, what, what do you think about this or, or, or what about this? And, of course, our response ought to be, well, what does the Word say? Because yeah. <laughs> my opinion may be different than yours. My thoughts may be different than yours. Yeah. But what's the Word say? Yeah. What does the what? What does the Word say? Amen. But uh, I'm going to be reading out of the uh, Passion Translation here, beginning in Ephesians 1. I'm going to read verse 1 through 5. So if that's up there. Uh, is this a King James translation? Whoever's behind the board back there? King James. Okay, it's King James up here. Okay. I'm going to read Ephesians 1 through 5 out of the Passion Translations. It says, Dear friends, this is Paul's introduction. My name is Paul, and I was chosen by God to be an apostle in Jesus, the Messiah. I'm writing this letter to all the devoted believers who have been made holy by being one with Jesus, the anointed one. Now, don't let that word holy throw you. Because we just taught Wednesday night on holiness. We can, only be, we can only be holy as he is holy. We can only receive holiness as we know he is holy. So as we do that, we can clearly kind of understand what Paul is talking about here. Amen? We can walk... A holy life. Are there going to be pitfalls? Are there going to be curves? Are, are there going to be things that we're going to, to have to deal with? Yes. But because of the Holy One that we follow after, He's going to have an answer. Amen. Amen. Years ago, I preached a message called, uh, What Do You Do When Life Throws You a Curve? And then I did a little bit of research on that. Did you know that in the major leagues, the reason that the men are not promoted from the minor leagues to the major league is because they can't hit a curveball? <laughs> so what do we do when life throws us a curve? We're so used to seeing fastballs coming at us. We're so used to things coming right at us, but when life throws a curve, out of nowhere, oh, wait a minute, where'd that come from? Knowing who you are in Christ will give you an answer every time. Lord, what do I do in this situation? It's not that you call grandma, call grandpa, call mom, call dad. You need to call on King Jesus. You need to call on King Jesus, Lord. What's going on here? This kind of this kind of threw me a curve. I didn't see that coming. There's been a lot of things in our life and ministry that there's been some curves out there that's come our way. Lord, what are we going to do with that? How am I going to handle that? I failed a lot of times at handling those curves, but I have been able to handle some of the curveballs. Sometimes I've hit the curveball. Amen. And it caused me to be a better person. But I haven't always. Amen? But let's go on here. Verse, uh, verse 2. Um, May God himself, the heavenly Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, listen to this, release grace over you and impart total well-being into your lives. 
That's what this is talking about. That's what he's talking about. When? When did he do this? Before the foundation of the world. Amen? Every spiritual blessing, verse 3, every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realm has already been lavished upon us as a loved gift from our wonderful heavenly Father, the Father of our Lord Jesus, all because he sees us wrapped into Christ. This is why we celebrate him with all our hearts. Can you see that in verse 3 in the King James? But doesn't the passing translation bring it home to you? That we could understand the love that God has shed for us. Where? In our hearts. In our hearts. Amen? Glory to God. And verse 4. And in love he chose us before he laid the foundation of the universe. Because of this great love he ordained us so that we would be seen as holy in his eyes with an unstained innocence. When we accepted Jesus Christ, every unclean thing was erased and taken away from you and I. Verse 5. For it is always in his perfect plan. It was always. God has always had a plan to adopt us as his delightful children through our union with Jesus Christ, the anointed one. Hallelujah. It's all because of him. Everything we have is secured in the fact that Jesus died on the cross of Calvary, shed his blood for you and I. And because of that, we can say we are privileged to receive what he brought us from his Father in heaven unselfishly. Glory to God. Isn't that awesome? And you didn't have to do anything to get it. You didn't have to pay up your membership to get a new card. Amen. You didn't have to uh, 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 renew anything, but it's always there. It's free. Amen. Well, I really don't like that to say that it's free when we get something from God. Because there's something you're going to have to pay. You're going to have to pay it with your life. You're going to have to pay it with your walk. You're going to have to pay it with your talk. You're going to have to pay it with what you believe. You're going to have to pay it by being faithful. There's just some things that you're going to have to do. But what was the downfall of Israel? What is the downfall that anybody you may know now that's not in the church or in Christ or having problems now? It's probably because they were disobedient somewhere. Now, how many of you realize it's never on God's part? So if something happened, amen. I heard this one time. Uh, if you look over in your seat and guess, and God is not there, guess who moved? Yes. Yeah. It's not him. But sometimes it seems we want to be so quick when things happen. We want to, well, well, you know, God must not have wanted me to have it. Or God must not have wanted it done. Or God must not have wanted these things to happen. No. Somewhere we misunderstood what he wanted us to do. Because he doesn't fail. And you know as well as I do, the Holy Spirit that dwells in us is perfect. 
How many of you can agree this morning that the Holy Spirit knows everything? The Holy Spirit. Now, if the Holy Spirit knows everything and He's in you, who's the person you ought to go to when you've got a problem? The Holy Spirit. Why? Because He knows everything. Has the Holy Spirit ever led you wrong? Has the Holy Spirit ever, ever said anything to you that was not true? Well, everything that came that didn't work for you and it didn't work evidently was not led of the Holy Spirit. Because if it would have, it would have worked. He don't make mistakes. I do. But I have one in me that can lead me and guide me. Amen. You know, there's a trust there. And I watch, I watch brother, I watch, I watch brother Craig and sister Janet when I first came here. And of course everybody knows that brother Craig doesn't have his, his eyesight. But I watched Janet when I first come here. There was such a trust in Janet when Craig was walking with her that he totally, he totally depended on where she was leading him would be okay. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Amen? Right. Yeah. And you know, maybe that didn't probably come overnight either. You may have got used to this. I don't, I don't know. And I don't put words in your mouth. It takes time. And not put words in Janet's mouth. But Craig probably had to build up a trust when she said, just put your hand on my shoulder and follow me. Isn't that what Jesus does? Don't we have to build our trust in him? Mm -hmm. Amen. And and to to help Brother Craig do something, and and I've seen many of you do it. Brother Craig, let me help you do this, or let me lead you here, or Brother Craig, let me, at the men's meeting sometimes, Brother Craig, let me fix you a plate. There has to be an element of trust there, don't you think? Yeah. Especially when you're getting ready to eat. <laughs> you know, he may, you know, somebody may put something down there he doesn't like, you know, but, but he's trusting them. Yeah. I, I've seen them, Rudy, lead him to, to places that, that he cannot get there by himself. He needs someone to lead them. Folks, let me say something to you. If you and I were, if you and I would be as blind as Craig and allow the Holy Spirit to lead us, our trust would be a whole lot better than what it is today. Say amen or oh me. I've been there. I've been in both places. And again, sometimes we fail to realize that, that the Holy Spirit knows it all. He knows it all. He knows what you went through last night. He knows what you were thinking about last night. He knows what you were thinking about here at church, during practice, during Bible study, during Sunday school study. He knows what's in here. Amen. 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 He knows what's up there. And God, I pray all the time, God, help me. I'm but a man created by a great God. Help me. Help me in my shortcomings. Can you say amen? Amen. Verses 3 through 5 tells us three things. 
that the Father did for us in Christ. In verse 3, he blessed us with all spiritual blessings. You see that, right? He blessed us with all spiritual blessings. In verse 4, he chose us to be in him. God did not choose who would be saved and who would not be saved before the foundation of the world. But the Father's intent was that all would be saved and would stand before him holy and without blame. That was his heart. But you and I had a part to play in that. The key is the phrase, in him. We are chosen in Christ. God has given us the free will to choose whether or not we want to be or we don't want to be. Everybody in this church this morning, you had a choice this morning. Whether you wanted to follow after the teachings of Jesus Christ or follow after the teachings of the world. Or this age we live in, this system that we're now in. Thank God, I believe everybody in here has chosen to follow him. This man called Jesus Christ. The third thing that he gave us was in love. You know, you know isn't that a thing right there? Anything God ever did is in love. Amen. And, and one of my favorite verses is in, is in uh, Hebrews ten seventeen. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. But you know what? Unless, unless love is abiding in your heart, faith what? Faith works by love. Amen. So really, the faith walk that we need to have today is the love walk. How in love are you with him? Because the more you are in love with him, you can gauge yourself how your faith is working. Because faith can't work without the love of God in your life. Can you say amen? Glory to God. In love, he predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself. That's verse 5. We were placed into the legal position of children of God with all the promises that he made. Look here at Galatians chapter 4, verse 1. Galatians chapter 4 and verse 1. Galatians chapter 4. Let me get over there. Galatians chapter 4. Hallelujah. Oh, you got it right there. Galatians chapter 4, we're going to look at verse 4, or chapter 4, verse 1 through 7. Amen? Now I say that the heir, as long as he is a child, differeth nothing from the servant, though he be Lord of all. Lord of all. I wonder why. He's a child. But yet this child is heir to everything. Let's go on, verse 2. But he's under what? Tutors and governors. Until the time appointed of the Father, even so we, when we were children, were in bondage under the elements of the world. Verse 4. But when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth who? His Son, made of a woman, made under the law. Verse 5. To what? Redeem. Buy back. Purchase. To redeem them that were, what? Under the law. That we might receive the adoption of sons. I'm so glad that I was adopted into the family of God. Glory to God. And because you are sons, God has sent forth, what? 
the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Now we can address him as Father. Father, hey, hey, Dad. You know, that's what my kids call me. Hey, Dad. Verse 7. Wherefore, wherefore, be, or wherefore, because, wherefore thou art, what? No more. Say no more. Where thou art no more a servant under someone to teach you and tutelage. Amen. Wherefore thou art no more a servant, but a what? A son. And if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. That means when, we, when that little one, even though he was heir to everything, didn't understand everything, he had to be taught Aren't you glad to know that when Jesus came and made us sons and adopted us into the family of God, we are now what? Legitimate heirs. Hallelujah. I have four grandchildren who are adopted. Adopted, most of them were adopted, one at birth, one right after birth, one when they were four and six, I think. Yeah, okay. Uh, But they were very young. They had to be taught. Yes. Yeah. The, 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 the five-year-old and the eight-year-old, or four-year-old and eight-year-old, had already been pushed and shoved into numerous foster homes. Yeah. They weren't taught anything. They didn't know anything. They were, if you ask me, they were little heathens <laughs> when, when we got them. I'm telling you. They were raised in a crack house. The mama was a crack addict and their daddy was a dope addict. Same thing. The oldest one, who just turned 16, when we got her, she was six. She was seven. She had a brother that was six, another sister who was three, and a set of twins that was two. The seven-year-old was taking care of all of them. A seven-year-old. And I remember her telling me about things. What does a seven-year-old know about taking care of four little babies? She's a baby herself. Come on now. Amen. But thank God. God worked it out that we got two of those kids and some wonderful families got the other three. And and, uh, in our vacation that we just went to, the two we adopt not we, my son and daughter, the two we adopted met up with two of the two of their siblings. The two baby boys. Yeah, the oldest one, who's sixteen now. I said, Honey, how how was it? And she started crying. She said, Papa, I didn't know how to act. Because I didn't know him. A seven-year-old raising a two, three, and four-year-old and five-year-old. Amen. But thank God. Thank God they were adopted. That's what we're talking about here. Thank God you were adopted into a better family. Now, you may have come out of a good family, but I want to tell you, there ain't nothing like the family you're in now. I said, there ain't nothing like the family you're in now because the family you're in now accepts you just the way you are. And all the baggage that you had, everything that you carry, you were adopted into the family of God with full and every right. 
Those two oldest kids carry my name. They're Dameron's. And all they have to do is ask Papa what they want. That's it. I'm, I'm, I'm weak. <laughs> I'm a pushover. I am. I really am. But every time I see them, my, my heart goes back to where they were. They had no life. When we picked up one of the girls she brought, uh, or the oldest girl, what she brought with her was in a brown paper bag. She didn't have nothing. Didn't know nothing. Experienced this life of her mom and dad was going through. Yeah. I mean, and then I had I have two more that my daughter uh, adopted. One from Guatemala and one from Tulsa, Oklahoma. And one is 16 now and the other one is 13. Just wonderful ladies. Every time I see them, God, what would have happened to them if we hadn't adopted them? Folks, come on. What would have happened to you? Where would you be today if God hadn't adopted you into the family of God? Sometimes we take that so for granted. Sometimes we, we, we don't even think about what God has done for us, what his son Jesus did on the cross of Calvary. He did everything you needed to have. He gave you everything you needed to have. And the only reason you can't succeed is if you don't do what he tells you to do. Hallelujah. And the other two are equally as ruined. We called him the other day, told him we were going to come down to Texas to be with him. For Thanksgiving, I could hear them in the background shouting and laughing. And I heard uh, my daughter Shannon said, Dad, they're, they're trying to jump up and down in the car. They know you're going to come to see them. Well, see, they know Papa's coming. They know what Papa brings. Anything they want. <laughs> it's, it's terrible. <laughs> but I, you know what? I love it. And after the initial adoption, they were never in my heart anything other than mine. Amen. They're mine. I've had them their whole life to me. We adopted them. I didn't ask my 16-year-old girl questions about her former life and things that might have, you know, so I could say, uh... Nah, I don't want you. Boy, aren't you glad God didn't ask you to fill out a questionnaire? I'd have failed. I'd have failed the first question. Adopted. Just about ready to close here. God, there's so much more I want to say, and I know I ain't got, just ain't got time. Sometimes you just have to quit. Look here at Galatians chapter 3. Galatians chapter 3, verse 26. Galatians chapter 3, verse 26. Hallelujah. I'm waiting for him to get it up there. I ought to get it myself. Oh, there it is. Galatians 3, 26. For ye are all what? For ye are all? We are all children of God. How? By faith in Jesus Christ. That's how you got saved. Amen. 
It was the love that you had to have your life changed that caused faith to be activated in your life and act on what you had in here. That's how you got saved. For you all are children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. One more. Look over here in Romans 8. Romans chapter 8. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Romans chapter 8, beginning in verse... uh, I'll begin in verse 14. I don't think they have 14 up there. But Romans 8, beginning in verse 14. It says, For as many as are what? Led by the Spirit, they are the sons of God. Isn't it good to know that as a believer you have the right... To know that you can be what? Led by the Spirit of God. Not by your feelings, not by what you see, but by the Spirit of God that what? Lives in you. We have a right to that. For you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear. Folks, we have nothing to fear. But you have received the spirit of what? Adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. Hallelujah. The spirit itself beareth witness, where? With your spirit, the Holy Spirit. A third of the Trinity bears witness with your spirit in here. He talks to you. He communicates with you. In here, the Holy Spirit communicates. He talks with you. Glory to God. For the Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that what? We are the children of God. Amen. If I were to ask Joe, how do you know that you are saved? And Joe would tell me it's because of what that's living in you. You'll never doubt again, because you know. I said, you know. You know where he lives, don't you, Tommy? And what would the Holy Spirit above tell your Holy Spirit? That Jesus also loves you, don't he? (laughs) He doesn't have any negative things to say to us or about us. I love this. The Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And look at verse 17. We've been talking about this. And if children, then heirs. Not just heirs. My children down here are heirs to whatever Barbara and I accumulate till we leave and, and leave it to them. They're heirs of Arnold and Barb. But you know what? My children and grandchildren are also heirs of God. And if children, then heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. We're in this together. I'm in this with Jesus. I'm all mixed up with Jesus. I'm I'm into Jesus. Amen. I'm in Him. I, I can't separate myself from being in Jesus unless I just walk away from Him. I'm in Him. Amen. You're in Him. It's like you're in this church. You're you're in here. And as much as you want to be a part of what this church is doing, it's up to you. Barbara, I can't make you do anything here. 
bomb it, I can't speak life into you that the life of the Word can't already give you. Glory to God. The Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God, and joint heirs with Christ, if so be that we suffer with Him, that way may be what? Also glorified with Him. Now, when I, when I read that scripture last night and again today, I stayed up and read and looked at it. And I, 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 that word suffer just didn't sit well with me. Because probably most people, that when they see that word suffer, they're thinking something that you're going to have to suffer through because of who you are. But that's not true. You know, you know, God's not going to send some sickness on you to cause you to suffer to realize that he loves you to teach you a lesson. That's, That's not the God I serve. No. But listen to this. To suffer with him does not mean we make bad decisions in life and then suffer the consequences of those bad decisions. Rather, this means that we suffer for his namesake. For his name's sake, for his reputation. Because we believe his truth and speak up to testify about his truth. We suffer because of the sacrifice that is required on our part to extend the kingdom of God. We suffer because we are identified with Christ. We suffer because we believe the gospel, bear witness of the gospel, and testify to the gospel. There are sufferings in this present time. But Paul is quick to note that they don't even begin to compare with the glory that is to follow. When he placed, amen, these sufferings, you know, that Paul's talking about. But those sufferings, he said, when placed on, well, Paul didn't say this, but when placed on the scales or a scale, the eternal weight of glory so out Ways the temporal sufferings, sufferings of this world that you might face. There's no comparison. I said there's no comparison. Our future in eternity, which is in Christ, is but a blink in the eye when we're battered around in this life for Christ. <laughs> in other words, what Paul was saying, I, I, I didn't go through anything. And you know all he went through. Because of the gospel's sake. Amen. He, he was buffeted. He was shipwrecked. He was beat down. He was, he was all those things. But Paul, Paul said, that's nothing. Compared to the glory that you and I are going to receive when we get to heaven. So whatever it is you think you're going through, nobody's ever been through it before. Yes, they have. And they made it. And you can make it too. I said, and you can make it too. Why? Because you're in Him. And all the blessings and all the promises He gave to you. Okay, Pastor, that's all good. You know, you told us about the blessings, all the promises. I don't have to go through any of those things. Okay, how do I get them? Right here. He said, to study, to show thyself approved. A workman, rightly dividing the word of truth. Amen. 
How do you find your answers? We don't always hear them on Sunday morning. We don't always hear them on Wednesday. Sometimes we do. But the best place you'll ever receive the answers to what you're going through is in his word. And then the greatest way you're ever going to receive them is by the inward witness. In here. You got, you got the Holy Spirit living on the inside of you, and there's none greater. Can you say amen? Let's stand this morning. Praise God. Okay. I'm going to say a prayer, and then I'm going to ask our brothers to come. You and uh, Rudy, come and serve communion this morning. Come on up. Yeah, yeah, just Rudy, you guys can separate this. Amen. Father, we thank you for the opportunity this morning to share your word. But, oh, Father, we just thank you that this is Communion Sunday. And we're just thanking you for what you're about to do in us. So as we partake this morning, we're thanking you that this is part of the promise. This is part of the covenant. Your blood was shed on Calvary. Your body was beat that we would be healed and stripes upon your back that we could be well. So we receive all of that this morning, Father. And as it's passed around, those that receive it this morning, know that your life with Christ is secure. If you've accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, please feel free to take a communion today. In Jesus' name, amen. Go ahead, brothers. You can be seated. (laughs) 